Ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to introduce you to my next guest on the Swim for Tribe podcast, a, a dear old friend, a swimming colleague who went on to become a physio. And if you think about it, you you know, it's not essential when you get an injury that you go and see someone who has done the same sport, done, you know, been through the same motions you have. But my goodness, does it not help? And, you know, a lot of people will be familiar with running, with cycling, and will be able to figure out the mechanics. But swimming is the technical one. So, Mr. Dan Smith, uh, we go back to the 80s, to uh, the Gators, our borough team in Waltham Forest many years ago. Um, Dan, you went on to become a physio, and with this swimming background, you know that I always come back to you all these years later. I try to refer as many people to you as possible because you understand swimming. And, and the combination of, you know, and, and I know you guys work hard, you take your exams, but I just can't express enough how important and how useful that is that you understand swimming. Um, do, do you find that helps in your line of work? Do you see enough swimmers? Do you want to see more swimmers, let's say? Hi Dan, uh, thanks for the intro, uh, very nice. Um, yeah, I mean, definitely. Uh, so I, I run a clinic in Essex and we are we see a mixture of sports-related injuries and spinal problems. Um, and I suppose I, I do get a, a nice uh, stream of, of uh, swimmers coming into the clinic because of my experience treating, uh, sorry, being a swimmer um, uh, in the past. So we, we work with... Um, uh, swimmers at my own swimming club, which my son swims at, and uh, I work with swimmers that are local to our uh, physiotherapy clinic. Um, and I think you, you, you eventually get spin-offs from that. So if you see a swimmer and they go back to their club, they will um, tell their friends and colleagues, and you then get more swimmers coming through. So um, yeah, I, I see I see quite a few swimmers uh, in the in the clinic. And, you know, on, on the one hand, swimming is the, the low impact, you know, non-weight bearing exercise doctors might advise someone to go and take up. But at a level slightly above that, there are some issues and that's where good technique does come in. Is it as simple as that? Can you improve your technique and reduce injuries? Can you get stronger in certain movements? Would that help? I think there's a, a bit of a, a mis, misunderstanding when, with, with swimming. Doctors often say to people, I'll go and swim, it's a normal weight bearing exercise and it'll be good for you. But there are a lot of patients that we see that we just don't recommend uh, swimming to because of the risks associated with swimming in, in their particular cases. So, um, I mean, the, the most common sort of injuries that we will see in swimmers will be shoulder, neck, and lower back and uh, and i tell you that the, the three most common things we see in the clinic are shoulder neck and lower back so um so that's the first thing to consider i think uh, with swimming um i think if you are a a competitive swimmer then you need a combination of good technique uh, which can can only be coached um you need uh, that on a background of uh, of st stability and strength around the body parts uh, good muscle coordination, um, balanced with good flexibility. And you can only get those things through um, specifically exercising those parts of the body. So so with, with our swimmers, uh, competitive and some non-competitive, they're the things that we tend to look at when we are addressing uh, aches and pains and specifically sports, sports injuries.
That's a that's a, a really nice way to put it. So so swimming injuries um, do they come from the imbalances? Do they come from the poor technique? Do, are they there before people take up swimming? You know, how does this arise? I think the number one thing that we need to bear in mind is is if you swim too much too soon um, this is going to cause problems so people that have not trained uh, a competitive level before when they get involved in swimming they suddenly find themselves swimming four or five times a week um, roughly sort of three four thousand meters a session um, and this this sudden increase of activity can place a lot of stress and strain on body parts in particular um the shoulder and the the sort of the neck area um the body just hasn't had time to adjust and acclimatize to this amount of load and activity and it starts to complain about what's being asked of it um so that's the first thing uh overtraining too too soon secondly if you are um not blessed with the best um anatomical makeup so say for example you've got some imbalances around certain parts of the body then you're going to you're going to come unstuck sooner uh, than someone else would because of those uh, anatomical variations um, that, the, that you present with um, so so yes um, that and then I suppose other things that would cause it would be your technique so this is where someone might uh, decide to take up swimming and not have any professional coaching to modify their technique to improve it so that they don't place extra stress and strain on the tissues of the body whilst they're increasing uh, their swimming load. And and people forget it is thousands and thousands of repetitions, isn't it? I, I, you know, if, mm. if, if you if you took those three or four sessions and as you mentioned could quite easily be three, four thousand meters and you and you add up the stroke counts and, and uh, I'm a firm believer in in um, you know, balance and symmetry and, you know, both arms taking the same pathway under the body, um, you know, distributing the load even. And, and that in certainly in training, breathing to both sides, uh, race day in open water. Um, I don't know how much you've tried or, or done of that, but sometimes you might need to breathe to the one side. But if you've done enough in training, you, you at least balance and, and create a little bit more harmony, where if you only ever breathe to one side, it's very hard that both sides do the same thing you get an imbalance you get often we see a straight arm being leaned on there's no catch position whatsoever and all of that load is just placed on the shoulder the straight arm pushes down it helps the breathing happen um so swimming technique is important isn't it yeah definitely definitely very important um as i said before i, I actually my son swims at swimming club and i um i'm an assistant coach there and um we have a lot of the swimmers um, asking for advice on shoulder injuries most of the time uh, and, and followed by back pain. And they're all after exercises that they can do to fix their shoulder injury or to fix their back pain. Um, but, but one of the biggest things that we find we need to do first of all is, is to actually technique improvement. So they'll come to me as a physio and say, oh, you've got some exercises I can do for my shoulder. And I'll say, well, you know, sort out your rotation and your shoulder pain will probably go. Um, so there isn't a quick fix to a lot of these problems and um, they they require um, analysis so stroke analysis um and then they require um an examination of that body part if that if this if correcting the technique doesn't improve it then they need the, the, the body part examining and they need to probably do some rehab um to help that that's that's great that you span sort of the the 
the swimming club, the age groups now, because something I, obviously to get my qualifications, I did spend quite a few years with a, a swimming club. And, and I look back and there was very little, you know, technical work back in the 80s. There was very little videoing. There was rare that we did dry land. And, you know, you, you see the results of that now at when, when ex-swimmers meet, you know, we look like a bunch of, uh, there's always various ailments and we're hunched over. Now, sort of the emphasis, and, and I'm guessing it's at your club as well, um, we tried uh, really hard to, to get more and more dry land involved, to get a, a general strength program involved. I mean, is prevention better than cure? You mentioned to go back a step and, and work on technique, but do they go hand in hand now with the youngsters? And can we learn from that? Yeah, definitely. So our club, our, our youngsters uh, do a land-based training program. Um, they start that at 12. Um, and um, this is predominantly based around improving shoulder flexibility, shoulder strength, shoulder muscle coordination, uh, low back uh, muscle and coordination, muscle strength and coordination. Um, we have to try and mix it up a bit because the younger ones get quite bored with that sort of thing. So the, we, the coach that I work with, he has introduced some agility drills for the younger ones to try and keep them on uh, on the same page as everybody else. Um, so, yes, definitely. Uh, in terms of frequency, I would say if you're serious about your swimming, you probably need to be doing two to three land sessions a, a week. Um, and those land sessions need to be varied and, and, uh, in terms of what you're, you're, you're doing, but at the same time really focusing on the key areas, which for a swimmer is, again, shoulder, neck, low back, um, hip and knee, I suppose, uh, come into it. Um, in, terms of, in terms of swimming sessions, so if you're swimming really, I recommend that swimmers do a sort of five to ten minute uh, warm-up on the pool side before they actually get in the pool, and that should really focus on those same things, but a little bit more watered down because of time. Okay. Do you remember when sort of we were growing up as swimmers, you would spot on poolside, you could almost tell, you know, a, a good breaststroker from the from physique. You could spot the backstrokers. Um, there was an interesting yeah, yeah. discussion from, uh, I think it was Eddie Reese from Texas University, saying, Harry, the last Olympics he went to, he he it was getting hard of him to spot the strokes amongst the athletes and also harder to spot the sports amongst the athletes as athletes were becoming a lot more better prepared um physically in terms of you know granted you've got your high jumpers and you've got your uh, discus throwers i mean two extremes but in terms of the general middle ground is that a reassuring thing that, that people are taking their dry land more um they're taking their dry land a little bit more seriously and and we're getting sort of better honed athletes all around i think so yeah i think i read the same article and i think um it was it was difficult to tell between the the, the sprinters as in the running sprinters and some of the swimmers um so I think, yeah, I think you're right. I think um, they are, assuming swimmers are becoming much more dependent on their land-based exercise than they ever were when we were swimming. I think, you know, we were doing sort of eight, nine, even 10 sessions a week and the uh, weights was really thought, of, it was an afterthought really, wasn't it? It wasn't, yeah. it wasn't um, included in the main training program. Whereas now I think their mileage is a lot less. Um, again, we used to do sort of what, 70, 80,000 meters a week uh, sometimes and, and now they're down to sort of 45 50s and these are the, the sort of the, the olympic athletes but they're also doing three four 
maybe five gym workouts a week on top of that so they've um swapped things around a bit um they also do a lot of pilates that's something else that you'll see a lot of the swimmers doing um so that coordination and that um that sort of foundation work so for their i don't like the word core but this trunk area um, okay work working around there with with um, pilates reformers uh and map-based pilates work um so I think, yes, to answer your question, I think there's a lot of overlap now between athletes of different sports and disciplines. And, and we've seen the sport move on rapidly. I mean, everyone's heard of Michael Phelps, but it, was, it would have been rare that someone would have, you know, a medley summer back in the 80s or 90s. They would specify, as, as, um, you know, they would work specifically for the medley, but it's rare that they would be good enough to feature in more than two or three other strokes at a, at a world standard. Yet we, mm. we see that now, um, you know, Caleb Dressel winning uh, breaststroke events when primarily, you know, he swims front crawl. Rare that a good breaststroke would be able to do the other strokes. It, it's it's yeah. good, good for the sport and, and, and it's reassuring that longer term health should be better for the youngsters. Yeah, I think so. De- definitely. Uh, I mean, I think the one thing to, to be um, aware of is, is we when we used to swim it again, it was that distance, it was the amount of load on the shoulders, whereas now they're not doing the same distance and their shoulders are much stronger to cope with it anyway. So um, I think things have definitely moved on. Sports science has improved. Uh, the other thing as well is that we're not reactive, we're proactive. So right. previously people would get injured and we'd go, oh, you need to do some rotator cuff work or you need to do some um, shoulder blade stability work. Whereas now we are we're, we're pre- preventing that by doing what we describe as sort of almost prehab. Um, so we're looking to ensure that the rotator cuff muscles are um, strong and robust and have the capacity to uh, tolerate what the swimmer is going to put through them. Uh, we're looking to make sure that the, the abdominals are, are strong and can control the low back and stop the low back from going into too much extension and therefore causing you know, impingement in the, in the low back. So very much more um, preventative uh, work than the, the kind of reactive work I, we used to do 10, 15, 20 years ago. I, I like that word prehab. I use it a lot and, and I've, I've been meaning to just double check that, that you know, it, it does do exactly what it says on the tin. It, it is, you know, rather than reacting and, and trying to repair and shoulders are delicate, aren't they? There, there's a lot of mm. small muscle groups that control a wide range of movement and, and it's better to be you know preventative rather than react and and goodness knows you've looked after mine long enough and i have to say um you know picking up a good routine um several times a week and actually with I, you'll see me on poolside with my band while i'm coaching and i'm actually doing a lot of the stuff you said and, and you know i don't race as much as i used to but i use my stretch cords sorry i don't train as much um in the water i, I just don't get the time but i still enjoy racing quite long so what with swim bench, what with my prehab stuff, what with the stretch cords, you know, they've been healthy for years now. And, and so I can't thank you enough for that um, because obviously we saw my sister, she had um, the, the, a minor op to sort of, I, I can't remember specifically, but, you know, from years of swimming, you know, possibly the technique may not have been right there, but certainly minimal dry land to keep them strong, keep them healthy. Some of our other coaches have had the op to whether it's tightening up ligaments to hold posture and so on. I, I don't remember the specifics, correct me or forgive me. But, you know, it, it's a it's a horrible route and, and it's never as strong a repair. It's never as short a, a journey back to full health, is it? No, no, it's not. 
No, I mean something like I, th- I mean, in, in shoulder impingement is is the most common injury that we probably see in swimmers. Now, a shoulder impingement will take anywhere between three months to twelve months to uh, recover and the person to get back in the pool again. Um, quite often, the person might need to go on and have surgery, um, and that can then obviously make it even longer. So, uh, I think a patient's perception of how long something is going to take to recover and, and for them to be back in the sport is often different to what it actually is. Yeah, yeah. Oh, dear. Um, but anyway, so like we said, you know, prevention is better than cure. And you've done a great series of PDFs that you can get from your website um, to yeah, help on yeah. various problems. Um, and remind me, there's there's definitely shoulder impingement issues you've got one to cover that have you yeah there's a shoulder impingement um there's one on low back pain uh, and there's one on knee i think knees okay um in terms of the link i haven't got the link to hand but i will give it to you to add to this I will uh, have it. yeah this that's, post. Fine. that's fine um so you can then direct people to it We've, we've talked about the positives, but what about some of the things that you might have seen that are worrying you? So there's a lot more movement um, as a, and fashion's probably not the right word, but in terms of swimming, a lot more movement towards a straight arm recovery. Is that something that worries you? Can the body, if there's enough rotation, can that be, can the body cope with that? Is high elbow possibly an issue if it's done without rotation? What what do you see the, you know, how do you see the stroke developing and, and what is worrying you or pleasing you i mean you just covered it nicely there the, the big thing is the rotation if if the person is swimming very flat regardless of whether it's a, a hot, uh, you know a, hot, a bent elbow or a straight arm if the recovery is is coming around on a flat uh, unrotated body then you you essentially place the shoulder into a, a more strained or stressed position so a fundamental point that we make coaching our swimmers is, is to get that rotation now um, some people don't have the same amount of rotation as others. Uh, so if you've got a lack of, of thoracic rotation and then you've got a, a you know, straight arm recovery, then you're increasing the chances of causing an impingement in the shoulder. So um, where we talk about strength and coordination around the shoulder, we also need to add into that that you need to be mobilising your thoracic spine to ensure that you've got the rotation for the, for the actual stroke. Um, the other thing about recovery is recovery there's not a lot of load on the arm as the arm recovers over the water so you can actually argue that there's because there's less load it's just it's it's probably less likely to cause um, as many problems as we think it does it's as your as your hand comes into the water and you start to load the arm up this is where you're going to in a, in a sense you know you're going to strain or stress the shoulder most um, so uh, the position that the, the pull takes place, if the pull's wide of the body or the pull is with a relatively straight arm, that's going to increase the load on the shoulder. Um, and then when you when you place your hand into, into the water against the resistance, it's what actually happens at the other end of the lever. So if you think of your fingers and your hand as one end of the lever and the shoulder as the other end of the lever, as you push down with your hand, what happens around the top end of the lever and the shoulder is going to be the is going to cause the outcome. So again, having a stable shoulder and having good rotator cuff uh, coordination and activation as you start to press down into the water, 
that stops the, the ball jamming up into the to the shoulder joint and causing an impingement is, is vital really to, to preventing uh, those type of injuries from occurring that that's it's like we've talked about this before um you know the 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 techniques i like to work with what we try to encourage it mirrors that just nicely that's really really good um dan i I know you've got a patient coming but if we could have a few more minutes that would be fantastic are you are you are you nervous about um obviously everyone's working out at home now and you know we're trying to do stretch cords safely i spent a good few days trying to get um things set up in a in a way that was healthy and and you know are you are you nervous with what you're seeing on some some of the social media things with things going wrong is there anything we can do to improve what what would you suggest i think the only reason i'm nervous then is that there's a lot of people that are doing exercise for the first time while the exercise they haven't done for a long time Uh so you know whereas kind of pre-lockdown people might have, have, have exercised once or twice a week or not at all they're now following certain um online gym programs on a daily basis and the issue for me with that is that their body isn't conditioned to tolerate that much exercise um we we normally talk about people increasing their loading or their exercise by about 10 percent per week and these people have tripled their their exercise (laughs) overnight so i think that's the first problem um that we're likely to face uh the second problem is that people are doing new exercises they've not done before and while they're doing them independently in their lounge or their bedroom um they can't be sure that they're doing them correctly uh, so te- technical faults might be another area that people come unstuck with um normally we're speaking when i'm um providing patients with clinical exercise programs there's quite a lot of feedback involved both yeah. verbally and, and often hands-on to try and correct their technique um so so i think that that's something to consider um and i think the other thing as well is um is is the environment they're doing it in you know are they able to focus on what they're doing because of what's going on around them they've got children that that they're homeschooling at the same time uh is there lots of uh distractions because that that can obviously put people off as well so I think the next three months will be quite telling. Once everything goes back to normal, um, I expect to see patients coming in through the door with um, <laughs> lockdown-related home in, home exercise injuries. Uh, they don't normally come straight away. They normally give it a few weeks to a couple of you know a couple of months sometimes before they decide to do something about it. Uh, they they wait and see normally. If if it's going to settle down, it will settle down. If it doesn't, then it'll be in to see us. And and just quickly, obviously injuries do happen, uh, accidents do happen with the best will in the world. What are there any new trends, any new technologies in, in your particular field that are going to benefit us? Is there some new, um, you know, I don't know, technique? Is there some new scanning equipment, something like that, that's going to be of benefit to the general public soon? Well, um, we do in our clinic. We do something called. Um, TPM screening. So TPM screening is um, it's, it's not relatively new, but it's not done in many places. Um, it's it's based on a series of um, movement tests that we use to identify essentially weak links within the body. So each each particular screen has ten tests to it, and the tests look at the neck, the shoulder, the back, the hip, the knee, and we're able to ask the patient or the or the client to to do a series of movements, and from this we can see where they're weak links are and then prescribe them a exercise program now this exercise program is um 
not only will fix the, the weaknesses and help with re- reducing pain, but it actually has um, an effect on their overall performance. Because um, I'll give you an example. If, if for example, it, it flags up that the person has a winging scapula, so this is where the shoulder blade sticks out of the back of the chest. Um, this means that the, a muscle called serratus anterior isn't keeping the shoulder blade snugly on the chest. Now, the shoulder blade accent is the base on which the arm acts. So if, if you can imagine, it's a bit like being on a moving object. If that moving object isn't stable, you're not going to have the same uh, force output from the, from the arm. So, so these tests identify muscles that are not working and allow us to teach the, 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 the person what they need to do to improve their muscles to, A, prevent pain and injury, but also to promote improved performance. Um, so... Um, interestingly, myself and a, a colleague are looking at um, screening swimmers at the moment, once we go back to normal, to uh-huh. work out um, what, the, what the most typical faults are. We, we kind of know what they are because we see them, but we want to show what the typical faults are in swimmers so we can then create a, um, a program that will fix these typical faults in swimmers um, that people can, you know, can get from us and they can then use to enhance their, their bodies. So... I think that's that's a big area in terms of going forward. What you're seeing in healthcare is is looking at prevention and looking at tools to prevent things from happening again. Again, like we were talking about before, Still, rather than okay. reacting. So it comes back to prevention and becoming a better, you know, physical athlete to start with. Interesting. It, it does, and the thing about the movement screen is you can actually screen someone's movement over video. So we can watch someone move if they've got a, a camera. We can see what they're doing, and we can help them to fix those movement problems or movement faults uh, when we're not even with them in in the same room. So I think that's quite exciting as well, the ability to um, virtually assess and treat someone without the need for being in the same same location. Very handy at the moment. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So we're doing a lot of video consultations at the moment. I'm I'm doing around about 30 a week, which is which is quite a lot, um, more than we thought we'd be doing, to be honest with you. And uh, because most of our practice is movement-based, we we don't do a huge amount of of hands-on unless we really need to. Um, Most of the stuff we can do via video. So we can can assess someone over video, we can teach them the exercises they need to do, we can give them the advice and, and the other information they need. And then when they come back to us, we can progress it each time. So video consultations is the other area I think we're going to see healthcare uh, going uh, in the direction it's going to go into. That's amazing. Dan, appreciate your time. I know we could probably talk about swimming all day long. Um, You've got clients. And when this goes uh, live, I will add all the links and where to find those invaluable PDFs. I know we've already distributed them a couple of times because they are really good. They're so well written. Um, Good luck with your own coaching and the family. Appreciate your time today. And um, good luck with everything. Thanks very much, Dan. Thanks. Nice to speak to you today. Pleasure.